Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk. First, let me say thank you so much for being a listener. Now, I want to alert you to our shiny new podcast website located at podpage.com. However, you can go directly to the podcast site located at www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. There, you can contact me through email. You can leave a voice message. You can leave a review. You can read an episode blog and frequently learn about the podcast guests. You might also want to suggest podcast topic ideas or even suggest a guest. You can also let me know if you would like to receive our podcast listener logo that you can post on your social media. So I look forward to hearing from you about our new podcast website, www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast and have a great day. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. Now, as public and media relations professionals, we often need to track media coverage, monitor competing events, keep track of trends, perhaps even provide media clips to clients so they can see for themselves the coverage of their project. Other similar services may also be required. My guest today is knee-deep in this industry. Metro Monitor, founded in 1993, is the provider of media intelligence to communications professionals. They combine TV news, radio news, online news, and social media monitoring into a single platform. The clients gain the ability to cost-effectively monitor, manage, share, and analyze all of their media coverage. This service provides news monitoring of all local and national TV news programs, from the top markets to smaller markets, plus national and cable networks. The company monitors more than 40,000 online news sources, over 5 million blogs and social media sites, thus delivering real-time access to the media information necessary for reputation management and competitive intelligence. Joining me today from Birmingham, Alabama, is Brian Council, president of Media Monitor. Brian has served as the president of the company for the past 21 years. Over the past decade, Brian has led Metro Monitor through several technical and business modeling evolutions and has gained a reputation as a top entrepreneur in the media monitoring market. Brian, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Peter. Glad to be here. So let's start with how did you get involved in media monitoring to begin with? Sure. It's, it's a little bit of an interesting story. It, it actually started out as a, and still is a family business. Uh, my dad was always in public relations, and it's kind of the business I grew up in, communications, public relations. And he actually needed a service like this for his clients when he would get them in the media, uh, local news in particular. He needed a way to showcase the coverage that he was able to get garner for his clients. So uh, this business really started out with, say, four VCRs recording the local news here in Birmingham, and then a notebook of just keeping notes of what was said on the news was our first database. So since then, we've evolved over the years to 
monitor coverage throughout the country, service clients all over the country, particularly focused on broadcast media. So again, started out with just a simple notebook database, and now we have a pretty sophisticated database we use for our clients. Well, you know, it's interesting when you say you track broadcast media, particularly all over the country. Actually, how do you go about doing that? Because when I think of how many TV stations are, how many more radio stations there are, how do you make that happen? Yeah, uh, several different ways. So you're right, the, the, the U.S. local news, broadcast news market is, is peculiar compared to media markets across the world in that we have so many broadcast media outlets at the local and national level. Uh, the way we do it is we actually have hardware, computer operations in each of these cities. So there are 210 DMAs across the U.S., we are in each of those markets with, uh, we basically record the TV signal over the air. So we have antenna signal. This provides us with HD quality video for our clients. And the way we collect the data uh, from the news programs is a you know, variety of sources. Some of it we rely on the closed caption text bro- that is broadcast with the news program. Uh, some of it is we actually visually watch the news and make notes of what's being said. And then with radio in particular, when we do that, we are actually using speech-to-text technology uh, to convert the audio to text, and therefore we can then import that into our main database and locate mentions for our clients. Now, what are some of the projects, if you will, that your clients ask you, or are they doing that they would ask you to monitor for and give you some feedback on? Yeah, it's, it's really kind of varied. As We have a pretty diverse client base but the, I guess the more typical use case is for uh, the communications professional, the public relations contact within a newsmaking organization. So we tend to work with those clients that are in the news with some regularity. And what they're asking us to do is help them keep track of when they are mentioned in the media, good or bad. They want to know what's being said. They also mm-hmm. want to track the topics and that are interesting to them, their industry, as well as their competitors, uh, just to stay over, across the board informed about what's being said about their industry. Well, I was going to say the way we typically do that is in the form of a daily uh, media digest that we deliver via email, and that gives them basically a summary of everything they're interested in tracking delivered to their desktop first thing in the morning. They're able to you know, quickly digest all the news from the previous day. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say the information they're interested in tracking, what sort of information do they normally look for? In terms of media types, they're looking at local news. Uh, so, you know, the ABC, CBS, Fox, AB, uh, ABC affiliates in a local market. They're looking at local radio. They're looking at local online content. And if it's a national client that wants content from across the whole country, uh, they're able to do that. Uh, but the typical morning report for a client would typically showcase, here were your, your local broadcast mentions from the previous day. They can click on a link, actually see the video associated with that broadcast. Uh, we integrate into that uh, radio mentions and the online mentions. But most, for the most part, what they're interested in is their stories, you know, what's being said about their brand in the media mm-hmm. to help them. Uh, and, you know, obviously what they want to do is uh, stay informed, and they know for the most part what's being said, uh, but we help solve that geography problem. You know, you can kind of keep track of what's going on in your local market. It's a bit harder to keep track of statewide and national coverage, and that's the problem we solve for yeah. our clients. 
Now, do they also ask for things such as, you know, what was the audience size in that particular uh, DMA? Is that important to them as well? It is, and that is, those are some of the data elements we do include in our report, uh, the Nielsen audience estimates for each news segment, estimated media values, just to give them a ballpark uh, estimate of the, the audience size and the publicity value of a particular segment. One of the discussions that take place in the public relations arena is that media such as TV and radio perhaps don't have as much clout as other ways of information such as social media. Have you found any sort of, how do you feel your clients look at that? I mean, is that obviously still important to them or is it a combination thereof broadcast as well as online? Yeah, I think it's, my personal opinion is that it's both. Everything's important. I guess I have a counter viewpoint in that I believe broadcast is still uh, infinitely more valuable than potentially some social media updates and tweets and things like that. Obviously, those things can go viral on social media, but what we found is that more times than not, stories start in the broadcast world. You know, they start Mm -hmm. with the local news segment. They start with a local radio mention, and then they're amplified and shared through social media. So, and the, the, the key thing about broadcast content, too, is especially when it's a proactively placed story that a public relations professional has, in a sense, made happen and appear in the local news, uh, in a sense, they're creating not, not only that one story where they're telling their message, they're also, in a sense, creating a digital asset that they can use in social media and then use social mm-hmm. media to amplify the message. And so that's another service we provide to our clients is actually providing high-quality video clips, radio clips that they can then share internally with their stakeholders, with their customers, uh, with their internal team. And a lot of times uh, folks, uh, folks being clients, like to uh, have that to uh, put in advertisements uh, or mentions, uh, you know, whether it's on their website or other, other places that people can see for themselves. That's right. And another, uh, I guess, thing that uh, a lot of folks aren't aware of is that I think there's a perception that everything that is broadcast is available online, and that's just not how it goes. You know, there's so much mm-hmm. audio and video content when you consider all the local news stations, all the various times of the day it's on, combine that with radio content, national syndicated programming, streaming uh, news video. So much of that is not ingested and available online. And those clips that are posted, for example, on TV station websites, they may be there for a period of time, but there's no guarantee they're going to be there a year from now. So we encourage our clients to keep... uh, permanent copies of their their digital content. I think one of the other things that maybe some clients have also found out is that they can't call TV stations anymore to get copies of the news clips because a lot of TV stations just don't have time to do that, and they farm that out to maybe some local folks to uh, to take care of it. Yep, that's exactly right. And actually, we are a resource for TV stations. So we actually partner with TV stations, and they rely on us many times to as a referral source for their – it can be something as simple as a viewer who just wants a copy of their kid that hit the home run and was featured in the sports section all the way up to a corporate client or a local advertiser. It, rather than tell the client, no, they can't have a copy, they'll typically refer them to a service like ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Let's uh, shift now to sort of online and social media. Let's talk about sure. how you do and what you do in that arena as well and what platforms are you looking at to, uh, yep. to get, collect information. So for online, we do focus primarily on uh, gathering content from news-centric websites. So anybody can go to Google, do a search, or set up a Google News Alert. And what some people may not be aware of is when you do a Google News Alert, you're really searching against a very small universe of news sites. And what we do is, I'd like to say it's, it's kind of like Google News Alerts in the sense that it's monitoring online news sites. It's just that we have infinitely more content that we are gathering from. The other thing that we do that's a little different is we actually um, can do it at the local level. So if you take like Atlanta, for example, and maybe there's a client that is only interested in Atlanta media, we can, we can drill down to just Atlanta-based online news sites, Atlanta broadcast and radio, and really focus and filter out a lot of the noise, so to speak. You mentioned... Google searches, and obviously I I do a lot of Google searches, but how many different search sites do you use to collect this information? That's that's, because it's something I never really thought about, that there obviously are other search sites, but I'm just not aware of them. So how many different ones do you use to collect that kind of information? Right. So it's not really, um, you know, we're not really searching like Google, Yahoo, different search engines as much as building a very comprehensive list of news sites that are then, we, we basically are indexing those sites around the clock 24-7 and then ingesting that data into our databases from you know, a variety of sources. You know, some we scrape internally, some of that data we purchase from third parties to integrate mm-hmm. into our service. So that's how we do it. But to our clients, it's all one aggregated database of you know, super focused on news sites. Mm-hmm. Well, in the, in the intro, I mentioned the fact that you monitor more than 40,000 online news sources. How, does, yep. how do you do that? It's really through uh, just technology. You know, there's technology now that allows you to scrape Internet sites. Um, and then what we do is we, we ingest a tremendous amount of news content into our central databases. And then basically what we're doing after that is letting our software find matches for our clients. So okay. we actually only deliver to our clients of, you know, a very small percentage of what we ingest. So we have to ingest a bunch of data just to deliver the highlights to our clients. You know, mm-hmm. they may be mentioned on this one particular site one time a year, but we need to be sure we have that when they are mentioned. So what I like to be able to do for our clients is hopefully pleasantly surprise them from time to time with Oh, I didn't even know. I've never even heard of this site, you know. But there, there we are. Our brand being mentioned. So that's what I really uh, take pride in is our ability to, you know, bring mentions to our client that they may not be finding from any other service or any other resource. Now, when you use online uh, resources to to collect this information, what type of information do you give them that's obviously different from the broadcast information that you provide them? Now. Well, what we would be providing initially is just, hey, here's your mention. Here's a summary of what was said. Here's the link to the full, you know, the online source for that. Uh, and then we do include some metrics, you know, estimated eyeballs for a particular website. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little harder for a particular story to, to drill down to, like, 
exactly this many people saw this particular story online. Uh, but what we do with our metrics is to try to give a relative value and a relative understanding of the size. So obviously if you get a mention on the New York Times website, it's going to have a different size audience, a different value than potentially a local blogger website. Mm -hmm. Now speaking of bloggers, how do you go about identifying which bloggers to go to? Uh, similar in the sense that we are constantly trying to refine our list of media sources, again, focused on news-related content. And frankly, a lot of those are brought to our attention from our client base. So when we, we onboard a new client, part of the conversation is, you know, what's important to you? You know, what, uh, you know hopefully we're delivering everything they need out of the gate. But there could be mm -hmm. a few niche sources or things that we're not aware of or currently not monitoring that are important to that particular client. It could be, uh, like you say, a potential blogger that's local in nature. Maybe it's a food blogger that is important to just that one client. If that's the case, we will add that to our media index. And the same okay. with, you know, if there's a particular radio station a client needs index that we're not currently doing or a, a streaming news content. We try to capture all that for our clients. So, we're adding to it each day, but a lot of that is client-driven based on their needs. Now, would that also include influencers? Because they, depending upon what the topic is or issue is, mm -hmm. they can have a lot of influence or input on people's uh, decision-making. Yeah, absolutely. And that is something we, we're not focused on for us. There are, there are plenty of services out there that do more of that what I'd call influencer engagement, social media monitoring. And, and frankly, a lot of our clients can do that on their own, mm -hmm. build their list of influential people within their industry to follow on Twitter, follow on Instagram. So there, there are plenty of tools out there for that. That's just not one of the tools we provide. Well, give me a range of the types of clients that you have because I think in terms of universities, obviously, and you've got corporations, but mm -hmm. just give me a, a, a range of the types of clients or the industries that you uh, cover. Sure. So our client base is really as diverse as the news itself. So if you look at the typical newscast, you're right. You're going to have, um, and for this I'm talking about a local newscast, you're going to have the local university, the local hospital, the city council, the state health department, all the way up to large organizations that do business in a particular geography. So our typical client does tend to be somebody that's interested at the city, state level in a particular region. Um, so it might be the local hospital. It could be on up to the, the hospital group that has a footprint in several states, or it could be a, a national brand. But our company, we do tend to focus on the state and local level of client. Okay. Not you know, so much the, the, you know, the big Googles and Amazons of the world. I've got you. Now, one of the things that happens, uh, I guess, with any of us is that some client, once in a while, a client presents a particularly, I might call it, challenging request. What would you okay. think has been you, perhaps your biggest challenge that you had to figure out how are we going to solve this and uh, make them happy and get it done right. Yeah, some of the challenges have been in actually the broadcast space. So broadcast is evolving and becoming more of a streaming medium in a sense. So we're seeing really a large increase in local and national streaming news content. So if you look at, for example, CBS, you know, they have a 
local brands. They have a national product that they do. But now they're starting to create CBS local versions for like New York City, uh, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, right. San Francisco. Those things are only available streaming. So one of our challenges has been how do we technically capture that? You know, so if you think about it, if you're at home watching a streaming video and you wanted to record that, how would you go about it? There's no consumer way to do it. So we've had to kind of invent our own technologies and methodologies for capturing streaming content and then, importantly, converting that to text and content that we can incorporate into our database. So a lot mm-hmm. of that has been you know, on the recording side and then also on the indexing side, converting audio to text, which we can then search against. And the same thing with audio content. You know, Increasingly, there's podcasts that people are interested in proactively knowing about. We can index that audio just the same as the way we do radio content. Mm-hmm. Now, do you use any particular, because from time to time, depending on what it is, I, I also do the uh, – text to audio conversion, any particular platform you use to do that? Yeah, we have our own internally built tools that run against, you know, those speech-to-text engines. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you're right. I'm a big fan of kind of the consumer-facing tools that are out there. You know, if you just have a podcast or a speech or, you know, a press conference that you'd like indexed, it's amazing to me now what we can do. You know, you can just upload the audio file, and within a matter of minutes, you can have a, a fairly accurate transcript created. Well, I, I agree with you. I, on occasion, I do that. And uh, I would say those that I have used, a couple in particular, maybe are in the 80 85% accurate. Right. Depends upon how clearly you pronounce a word. There might be some issues there. If it's not uh, clear, it might put something in there. So once you get it back, you do have to go through it just to make sure what you're reading is what, what you said. Absolutely. And, and some of those services also, they obviously have a premium level uh, service where you can actually get a human transcription. And the nice part about those is because it's competitive and technology is helpful, uh, the pricing has come down significantly over the years uh, for converting <laughs> audio to text. You know, now I ask you about uh, your, uh, one of your bigger challenges. How about bigger successes that perhaps somebody obviously made a request of you and it went beyond expectations. What sort of success have you had in that arena? Well, I think our biggest successes have come on the broadcast side. Uh, Again, just our comprehensiveness of broadcast content. So we're not only recording the local news, we're going deep in a local market. So we're we're recording those tier two and three local TV stations, the public access stations, uh, we, we do the deep dives on the radio. So that's what I'm most proud of is when our clients say, you know what, it would be great if you could add this for us. And it may mm-hmm. be the radio station that has two listeners <laughs> in a particular market. But, <laughs> but the fact that we can actually find a way to you know, receive the signal, get it recorded, get it indexed, and deliver to them. Um, I know we're working on a project for a client in New York right now that they have a a pretty uh, big demand. They want a particular radio program. They need the audio delivered every day, you know, by, you know, quick turnaround, and they need a transcript to go along with it. Mm-hmm. And we're able to, for just that one particular program, deliver that just to that one client every single day. Here's your audio. Here's your transcript. And more importantly, we can archive that for them in such a way that they can go back and search against that content anytime they want. 
Well, Bryant, you've provided us with an awful lot of information. Is there anything perhaps that we haven't covered that you think should be addressed? I don't think so. I mean, well, the only thing I would encourage, uh, and I think obviously most public relations professionals know this, is you know to engage with a media monitoring service of some sort. I think one of the things that makes us a little unique is that we are easy to use. You know, in the sense that you know we're willing to work with uh, the clients of any size. We're also budget friendly, and importantly, we don't require contracts or anything like that. We believe our clients should be able to use our services on an as-needed basis. So mm-hmm. as long as we're providing value to the client, that's the kind of relationship we want to have. If ever their needs change or we're not servicing them the way they need, they ought to be able to go somewhere else if they need to. Mm-hmm. But oh, I right. do believe it's important for PR professionals to get that morning report and then also importantly to collect those digital assets in a sense, those video clips, those radio clips, those online stories that they can then share and leverage in other ways. Well, Brian, I really want to thank you for uh, being on the podcast today. And, and let me say to our listeners, uh, this happened because Brian actually sent me a note how much he appreciated the uh, thing to the podcast. And uh, once I found out what he did, I said, wow, this is a topic I think the PR folks would be interested in. So here's the uh, eventual outcome of Brian doing that outreach. So let me say again, thank you so very, very much for, one, having that outreach, and uh, secondly, for also coming on the show. Thanks so much to you, Peter. It's important information, um, and I'm glad there's a podcast specifically to the PR industry. I think it's fun. Well, thank you again for coming, and let me say thank you to all of my listeners. And once again, please uh, share the information with uh, some of your colleagues, and if you've enjoyed the program, please give us a great review, and don't forget to listen to the next edition of the Public Relations Review Podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa, play Public Relations Review Podcast, and she'll take it from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast.